We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land upon which we meet, the Yagara and Turbal people of the Mianjin Nation, and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to Marvels, the podcast where we examine Marvel's pop culture paragons from the MCU and beyond through a queer feminist lens. I'm Lisa, and the other half of this awesome twosome is Dana. Hello there. It's your <laughs> Oh, shit. I'm so out of it. Okay. <laughs> I changed it anyway. I changed it up. I know. I'm like, what is going on? This isn't the routine. Okay. You can't do this to me. Okay. <laughs> there is no denying that superheroes influence and inspire people from all communities. So we want to explore that, what that representation is available, if any, to viewers from outside a straight male lens. Who better to explore this than your favourite discourse dykes? Yes, that's us. <laughs> Look at me, kicking goals. I think I've gotten like two out of four of these intros right. <laughs> it's fine. No, we're into, oh yeah, we are. No, we, we, okay, so that's something I'm going to talk about. Yes. So what are we doing now? We are covering today, we're covering the Incredible Hulk. We've already, yep. um, this is the lovely one with Edward Norton that's part of the MCU canon. Um, we've already talked about Hulk with Eric Banner, but we've pre recorded it and we're going to post it as a later episode. So if we talk yeah, about yeah. anything in that, don't be confused. <laughs> yes. So this one we'll talk about the Hulk and the similarities and the differences and stuff, but that episode won't actually come out until the, until the future. It'll be the seventh. Yeah. It'll be the seventh episode. Yeah. And that's, that's like a three episode buffer. That's okay. People might not feel like back to back Hulking. And I understand that because I don't even feel like Bruce Banner wants to back to back Hulk. Well, it was my fault because <laughs> I said I the, at the start of this podcast, I was like, okay, the first six episodes are going to be MCU. And then for some reason, I didn't realize that, or I, I knew, but I didn't realize that Hulk is not an MCU film. And I put it as our third or fourth episode. And <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> so we've already done it. It's just that it's supposed it's not an mcu film so i don't know why i made us do it to begin with Look, we're all on the learning curve and that's what matters was always room for growth and change and yeah it was all good no worries we just have a couple pre-recorded episodes up our sleeve which i'm honestly i'm down for anytime yeah sounds good <laughs> okay uh just some things i wanted to address before we get into it so iron man 2 we said it didn't pass the bechdel test but there is um one interaction that passes the bechdel test Maybe it shouldn't pass the Bechdel test if Scarlett Johansson is doing it. <laughs> Shall we live action it and let the readers, uh, listeners decide? Do you want to be Nat because you love Nat as a character? Yeah, I love Nat as a character. Fucking hate Scarlett Johansson. Okay, you lead us off and we'll let the listeners decide whether this passes or not. Miss Potts. Hi, come on in. Wheels up in 25 minutes. Thank you. <laughs> characters except for pepper being a ms potts <laughs> no it doesn't have you don't have to learn it's just you said yourself a two second a two line i know but that's so depressing that we're gonna give it, uh, it a c for that i'm just the mean one on the bechdel i'm the mean one in the bechdel spectrum <laughs> and um i i watched uh the first scene of thor again and it passes the bechdel test mm -hmm. four times oh it does it passes so, so many times i just forgot yeah. all the ones that it does pass in um do you want to yeah. be darcy because you love her 
I love Darcy. Okay. okay. Can I turn on the radio? No. And that's Jane. <laughs> Darcy says, Jane, I think you want to see this. What is that? Get closer. <laughs> Good one. What are you doing? I'm not dying for six course credits. I love that line. <laughs> it's good. We already, we know that she's a student. That's what we learned about yeah. her. I think the only conversation that doesn't pass in the first uh, scene is because they're talking about Thor. And again, would you like yeah. to take it away, my partner in crime? <laughs> I think that was legally your fault. Get the first aid kit! <laughs> There we go. In another life, this I was... so depressing. <laughs> Look, okay. It's, it's, I, I like Thor because at least it tries. Yeah, it tries. <laughs> at least they're, they're women with desires who don't want to die for six course credits, who are overly invested in science and nearly don't take some of the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> and also hit someone with their car. Feminism in action. <laughs> Reparations. It passes because they're running a man over with their car. It's valid. <laughs> no, <laughs> please don't. Listeners, do not. I'm joking. If you cannot hear the laughter in my voice, I'm very much joking. I'm not. I'm not joking. <laughs> Go and run over men with your car. It's fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> as long as they're not protesters. Oh, no. Yeah. No, we support protesters. Always we support have a, protesters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So The Incredible Hulk, uh, yes. directed by Louis Leterrier, I'm assuming that's how you pronounce his name, oh, God. Uh, written by, or should it be Louis if he's French? I don't know. Written by Zach Penn and starring Edward Norton, Liv Tyler, Tim Roth, William Hurt and Lou Ferrigno. Yes, we do need to give some content warnings. Content warnings for intimate partner violence. Oh man, I'm getting deja vu to when we recorded Hulk. <laughs> oh, that was a lot worse though. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's all bad. It's Trust all, me, it's yeah. all bad. But... We don't have to show this shit on screen anymore, please. Yeah, it's it's awful. Um, okay, so we want to do our famous recap. Yeah, <laughs> Our famous summary. Okay, so I wrote down the key points. Thank so you. I'm just going to read off that. Yeah, because again, my brain is a sieve. Um, we'll see how we go. Yeah, let's add a couple things. How does it start, Lisa? So it starts with a montage of basically like the entire Hulk film in the opening credits. So mm -hmm. it's basically like the Hulk film has already happened. Yeah. And this is this film is now like a continuation of that. Yeah, so it's trying to be continuity, but it's also trying to divorce itself of it so it can be in the MCU. Yes. And also um, there is a scene, this is where the intimate partner violence comes into it. There is a scene where Liv Tyler's character, Betty, is in the hospital and it's like assumed or implied that Bruce had something to do with it. That was his fault that she's in the hospital. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So now he's in, Bruce is in Brazil and mm -hmm. he's working on his Portuguese and his jiu-jitsu skills. Because <laughs> that's um, where you go to work on jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> well, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's not doing Brazilian uh, jiu-jitsu, but there is Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I, I, oh, I, I don't know why he's not doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu in Brazil. <laughs> Have you tried yoga for your mental health? <laughs> Have you tried jiu-jitsu for your hulking problem? <laughs> well, apparently it works. Oh, apparently. <laughs> um, and all the while this is happening, he's trying to, of course, find a cure or weapon, a cure for his hulkism. He's met, met some people in some shady chat rooms, a la Omegle. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I think his main contact at this point is the lovely Mr. Blue, that would that would die. A general Thunderbolt Ross, and I'll never get over that name. Yeah, what a fucking nickname, hey, Thunderbolt. <laughs> It'd be better if it was his actual name. I know! Uh, okay, no. But only I would name my kid something like Thunderbolt. <laughs> Um, so he gets wind of Hulk again, um, mm-hmm. and there's a chase scene through the rooftops of... Oh, my God. Oh, I figured out how to say the name of the place, and then I forgot Ro- Rosina. Rosina, I think, is how you pronounce it. Um, and the team is led by Tim Roth's character, Emil Blonsky. Oh, yeah, who is the abomination. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, later. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> Assuming you haven't already watched this and listening to us. So um, while he's getting chased, he transforms into the Hulk, mm-hmm. um, and he smashes up this uh, the place where he was working, this bottling factory where he was working, and then... Oh yeah, um, that was that scene where it's all in the dark, and there's all the steam, yeah. and it's like trying to build suspense, and then suddenly like guys from his work are there as well, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I okay. have no idea. It's yeah. not a very good movie. No. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we find out that Thunderbolt Ross and Banner were working on the Super Soldier program that was started in World War II Ooh, with Captain America. I love this shit. I love the idea of the Hulk gamma radiation stuff being a, a fucked up version of the Super Soldier serum. I've always mm. really loved that idea. Well, they talk <laughs> about that in Avengers, don't they, in the first Avengers? Yeah, I think so. And they talk a lot as well. Like... Of course, we see the science behind it in Cap, which we are also going to talk mm. about later. But, um, like, I guess they tried to use gamma rays to substitute the Vita rays or the Vita rays or whatever they are since Howard Stark and Stark Technologies don't release that knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, we know that Bruce as well worked at Culver University. Um, and Sorry, that Betty... should be Culver University. Culver? I, oh, whoops. I spelled it wrong. I don't know American universities. Apparently, I do. It's fancier than a college. So, uh, wait up. Bruce, we know, is working at Culver University. Um, Betty's been working there, too, and um, has been seeing somebody else on faculty, um, starting to get her own life together ever since everything. Uh, Bruce hacks her personal accounts to get data and to, like, try and get all of his project notes, I assume, on the whole research to stop it getting in the hands of the military. Um, but the data isn't there. He then realizes he has to go and try and see Betty to get it, um, but doesn't want to go too close because, of course, in contact with Thunderbolt Ross, etc. And Thunderbolt Ross wants to, because sorry, Ross is Betty's dad, um, and yeah, so he's trying to like skirt this careful line of getting back in touch to get the data, but not to being off Ross. Um, but eventually, uh, he does manage to get back in touch with her, and she gives him the USB drive with all the data on it. Which she, yeah. I assume she has been hiding from her father to this point anyway, trying to stop it getting in his hands. Yeah, you think so. I Because um, she had all the data there. Yeah, just, oh no, so... the computer broke when he hulked out. Oh, what a shame. No one backed anything up. <laughs> Good on you, Betty. She's yeah. doing the right thing. Yeah. She knows her dad's a bit shady. Yeah. So Blonsky gets the injections to turn him into a super soldier. Mm-hmm. And at Colby University, after Bruce and Betty have um, have hooked up again, uh, the military finds Bruce, so he swallows the drive and he hulks out and wrecks the joint. Um, and they get the military in there to wreck his shit, except they can't because he's the Hulk. 
Oh, this is that like the sound cannons? I remember those. Like, I all remember that scene the first time I ever watched it as a kid. I was like, whoa! Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and then Betty like goes out into the field where Bruce is after he's like basically ruining every everything that they that they've got all the weapons that they wrecking have everyone's shit yes. wrecking everyone's shit and um betty goes out there to him and he like protects her as the bullets are firing and stuff like that so it's just this mess of a scene it's it's he was doing fine and then she ran out there like to protect him to, i don't know and then he was doing worse because he had to suddenly protect a civilian they fuck off to a cave for a bit and then they go on the run. Uh, but then... Why do they even come back? I'm trying to remember why they even come back. Is it because they hear about... Oh, because Mr. Blue has the... He thinks that there he we can go. save Bruce. Yes, so he thinks he can finally conjure up a cure. Um, but Mr. Blue ends up being another scientist. And he's also been... Um, Taking Bruce's blood... And yes. synthesizing it and making like heaps and of copies of it, so there's this entire lab full of Bruce's blood. Yeah, which is, yeah. <laughs> um, and he's been working, I guess. Uh, uh, it gets to a point where um, Ross and the bad guys and Blonsky come to him, and he's like, "Uh, I will try and give you the same shit that uh, made Bruce into the Hulk." And, yeah, I think they're just, yeah, trying desperately to get the super soldier thing, but no hindsight. Don't think how it doesn't make sense that suddenly having military training will make a Hulk controllable. Um, anyway, they make a lot of poor decisions in this movie. Yeah. But it ends up in a giant fight. Um, where are they? They're in Jersey? I have no idea. Because I'm remembering Hulk has a line the last time I was in jersey i kind of broke it was it jersey or somewhere else harlem last time i was in harlem so the fight's actually in harlem <laughs> and so, so they wreck harlem yeah they do <laughs> yeah we, we could talk about that as well no so um yes so the fight the big showdown's in harlem it's the abomination who's been transformed by bruce's blood versus the hulk i remember this having like some of the gruesomest shit i'd seen before because it can be a PG movie in America because yep. they don't have M like we do. They just go from PG to R. It can really? be a PG. Yes, they don't have a middle buffer ground, so it's you a thirteen or you are eighteen. But okay. um, the difference between that over there is if it's like aliens killing each other, or if it's like big monsters that don't have red blood killing each other, it can be in the PG category, no matter how violent it is. It's as long as it's not a human who's like being torn apart or like being stabbed with someone's spine or joints or dis dislocated shoulders or elbows like we see happen in this we see the abomination like have a bone sticking out and uses it to stab bruce and i'm like ah, that's, okay that's gruesome as hell I it was a nasty fight scene it very was gnarly very juicy <laughs> um but that's why it can still be pg because it's just two big monsters beating each other up mm. not two people fun facts about film <laughs> Yeah, so pretty much, I mean, that's that's pretty much all that happens. There's a showdown with Blonsky and Bruce, the Abomination and Hulk, and then after he beats Blonsky, I don't, I can't remember how he does it. It wasn't interesting to me. So um, I... he has a big chain, chokes him out with a big chain, and um, I think helicopter crashes into them. Somehow he has to get yeah. 
And yeah. then probably Betty gets damsels, damseled again, I assume. Oh, always. Yeah, yeah, because the plane crashes, and it's got the fuel pouring out of it, and they're all in the plane, and he has to, like, get them out of it, and then he, like, Abomination gets a shot in that he wouldn't have if Bruce hadn't had to save all the humans in the airplane. <laughs> and Ross is still a dickhead, even though he was one of the people on the plane. <laughs> on the, um, sorry, the helicopter. So Bruce then escapes to Bella Coola in British Columbia and transforms again. And disappears, because that's what Hulk likes to do in the MCU. He just likes to transform and run away. Hmm. <laughs> and then the end credits scene is... Ah, Mr. Tony Stark. Stark. turning up in a bar to talk to Ross um, about the S.H.I.E.L.D. program. Yes, exactly. Because we assume that Ross has been fired and... And stripped of all his medals. Yeah, no, pretty true. And it makes sense for... Because we see Ross here, and the next time we see him is in Civil War. So it's a really big gap. Mm. And in Civil War, he's, like, not quite military secretary of defense anymore, but he's, like, a liaison for, like, shield defense because he's there with all the Accords business, and he's, like, right in the guts of all that. Mm. And he, like, monitors the raft, which is the superpower prison, etc. Oh, that's, that's just against all kind of human <laughs> we're gonna decency. have so many fun conversations when we get further through the mcu it's, i think our episodes are just gonna get longer and longer like hopefully this episode will be really short because i do not want to talk about hulk anymore no i know this is gonna probably be another short and sweet 30 minutes and done uh i do want to mention as well there was originally a sequel plan for this film mm-hmm. um but edward norton didn't want to be hulk anymore and it didn't quite make enough money as iron man did um, and everyone kind of just like put a pin in it and were like, oh, well, Hulk can just be in the team up movies. He's not clearly popular enough on his own. But it is heavily implied that when Mr. Blue gets knocked out by Blonsky, um, he probably got smashed. He got all the blood vials smashed all over him, etc. His head starts to swell, and it was planned that he was going to be the brainy Hulk villain, the leader, if there had been a sequel. Just a cool, cool tidbit I thought we might pepper in there. Oh, cool. yeah, that's People- awesome. People can know how legit I am about being a fan of these films. I have more more heads headspace for these films than I do for most other things in my life. Remember when I said I wasn't a nerd and that you were a nerd? Yeah, you're this right. Is why. Yeah, you're right. I still remember tidbits of information from movies that never happened. <laughs> well, I remember um, the plot to uh, Captain America: Serpent Society that never happened. Oh, I know, and I'm proud of you, and I love you for it, and that is the biggest nerd behavior you've ever exhibited and i'm extremely proud well excuse me i've been in fandom for 10 years i think that's the biggest only 10 wow yeah <laughs> so only great. 10 well i was in the danny phantom fandom for like a couple months when oh, i was 14 and i was on a danny phantom chat room <laughs> i'm trying to remember what my first fandom was like does pokemon count because pokemon's everyone oh, yeah, dragon ball z I would have been five, maybe four, the first time I ever participated in fandom a culture. Baby. Made my parents record VHS tapes of it when I had to go to school too early. I like bought all of the toys and trinkets and figures. Yeah. That's awesome. Anyway. I don't I like find transformative fandom for me is what I consider fandom. Yeah, like, that's fair. I don't like um Oh, I'm sure I wrote my first fanfic before I was ten. That's cute. I think I was about 14 or something like that, maybe 12, yeah. when I started writing Danny Phantom fanfiction. Oh, and then no. I didn't find fandom until I discovered Tumblr in 2010. 
I'll tell you off cam, uh, off recording what my first fanfic ever was because it's really embarrassing. But only you can know that knowledge, not our loyal listeners. I'll tell you about my first fanfiction. It was this future fic where Danny had taken off and then he came back to whatever the town was called and his friends were there and he and he became the mayor of the town and I called it Commander in Briefs. <laughs> That's so good, it's a pun! You hated puns when I met you! I hate puns, but, you know, sometimes... It's immortalized that you, once upon a time, liked puns. <laughs> once upon a time, I knew what puns were. That's so good. But I'm, I'm so proud of you. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about the people in this film. As much as we want to talk about literally everything else, Danny, fanfic, um, Danny Phantom fanfic included... Yeah. <laughs> Let's bring this back to home ground. Mm. Um, Betty. Okay. Betty. So, again, she's a woman in STEM. Yep, she's in science, doing her science stuff. Unlike Hulk, unlike the first Hulk, we don't actually get to see Betty doing any science stuff. No, like, we just see her having, like, coffees around the university or, like... Walking with <laughs> her boyfriend. Yeah, in a trench coat, like... <laughs> and then walking Bruce, her new boyfriend, or her old new boyfriend, up to the university where... I don't know what they were even doing at the university. Were they going to get more information or something? Um, they were trying to... I think... Was that where she kept the USB? Was it? Okay. I think so. Okay, yeah. that's why they were there. Yeah. And, um... No, wait, because... No, because they don't actually go into the university. They're outside, and then all the military people turn up. Yeah, you're correct, yes. And then he runs into a building to try and get away from them and swallows the USB while he's in there when he realises he's cornered. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just they were walking around, just chilling, and, yeah, it's sad we don't get to see her doing any of her research. She doesn't even, like, have a conversation with Bruce when they meet up in, like, the... the the, the restaurant that he used to work in and like yeah. she doesn't even go oh yeah since the, the the super soldier serum project's been like cancelled I've been working on this this and this like mm. she just runs out into the rain in a white t-shirt and <laughs> gets absolutely soaked and look I've got a friend who works in biological sciences and she's like the worst colour to possibly wear into a lab is white because like all of the fucking chemicals all of the blood like all of the samples you're working with you don't wear white. Like, it's. she's, like, angry enough that the lab coats aren't in different customizable colours. It's just mm. some stupid science ritual that they have to be white and clean and sterile. Like... <laughs> I have a friend who lives in Russia. Yes. And she was talking to me about how she doesn't even use, like, gloves and goggles and stuff. And I was just like, for the love of God, please <laughs> use them. Like... <laughs> she's aiming her science... Her science thing is to become the Hulk. Like... <laughs> Basically. So you get unsafe practices. Um, like, they don't have to over there. Like, the teachers uh, don't care. Oh, man. I don't and, like, like it. And, like, kids get... Oh, she's not a kid. She's a university student. But, like, yeah. students get... Chemical um, burns and, like... Yeah, they get chemical burns and shit all the time. No. Meanwhile, in Australia, like, they're trying to stop kids from doing more lab experiments because they want to avoid danger. Ugh. Anyway. Yes. Um, we know that she just kind of only exists as a memory for Bruce at first, mm. and when she's finally back, she just kind of exists in that girlfriend slash damsel role. Pretty much. You know? Like, he almost killed her when he was the Hulk the first time, mm -hmm. 
and then she sees him again as the Hulk and is immediately like, oh, I must protect him. And it's yeah. like, buddy, come on. Why are you putting yourself in danger again? Oh, but even then, like, Bruce running away before they'd ever had a Because conf- I'm assuming it's the first time he's ever hulked out that she was hurt. He yes. had no control of what he's doing, etc. I'm assuming that's a big reach. Yes. Um, but, like, to, to just run away to Brazil and not, like, call her or talk to her or, like, have a chance for her to have some agency in whether they work through it together or not. Mm-hmm. Like, just leaving her in a hospital bed to wake up and be like, okay, what's going on? Like, there's no no choice in it for her until when, like, and then when um, he finally does come back and she does choose and she's like, I want to be here and involved. He's like, oh, no, but you're in danger all the time you're around me. And Anyway. <laughs> she, yeah, she does She does choose things. Like, she does have some agency. It's just, like, the, agen- the agency that she's given puts her in danger. Yes, which is, like, she doesn't even stop and talk to him about, like, it's always Bruce telling her she's in danger, not her going, well, I recognise in danger, but, like, let's work through it. And quite honestly, yeah. It's just, um, yeah. Men being like, I have to be distant to protect you such a stupid trope like let the woman choose have a conversation be a healthy adult about it maybe betty has a hard on for danger though (laughs) (laughs) maybe she's a danger junkie i can't look at this piece of media again thank you (laughs) okay so um stanley tries to convince bruce to talk to her stanley is this old guy who runs like a pizzeria or something where bruce Um, used to work yeah which was given no context whatsoever. I know. I was just like, that's where they get pizza. Is he in the comic books? No, it just could have been, like, it could have even said, this is where we used to just get all our pizza at two in the morning when we were studying. But no, it's just to, I think, add a bit of, I don't know, diversity, actually, even. <laughs> How? I know, right? But, like, the fact, I don't know. Look, they're university people, but they care about small business. No, it's just oh. convenient for Bruce to have a hideout. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> or have somewhere he can return back to. Yeah, so he goes to Stanley's, and then he starts talking about Betty, and then Stanley is like, go talk to her, you know, be with her, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, yeah, but she's seeing someone. And then, like, immediately he's out the back, and she walks into the pizzeria at Stanley's place, to with her boyfriend to like get some pizza or whatever catch up with stanley and then she sees bruce and she runs out after him and it starts raining and then he's walking along the side of the road and she gets out of her car and starts getting soaked immediately (laughs) and then she hugs him and kisses him and then they're back together what about the poor boyfriend He doesn't exist anymore. No, he's just like, okay, he was perfectly nice, but he wasn't Bruce. He's the dad from Modern Family, too. He is. Every time I look at him, I'm like, I can't. I can't do this. (laughs) Um, Okay, uh, what else do we know about Betty? We know that she hasn't spoken to her dad in years. Yes. Um, We know that, like, they've got a pretty fractured relationship, which is fair, because he is an ass. Um, And he tried to kill Bruce. Yes, tries to kill Bruce and keeps trying to weaponize and monetize the serum that basically has destroyed Bruce's life and at the time had destroyed Betty and Bruce's relationship. Mm. Um, 
the first time, yeah, she really talks to him is during that big fight scene, I believe, on the field, where she's like, stop shooting him! Like, But he doesn't, he's not in any danger. Yeah, no. She runs out into the field and is like, stop shooting him, and then runs out to Bruce where they are shooting, and he, she, like... <laughs> he's only in danger when they whip out the sound cannons. But he destroys them. I like, know he does. I know. I know. Because that's the way action pieces work. But, <sighs> yeah. Um, and then she runs out into the middle of the fire. And the fact that that's not enough for her dad to give the order to maybe stand down as a civilian... Um. <laughs> Shows how little he cares about her as well. Maybe if she'd been a son. No. <laughs> Maybe. Then we could have had Gay Hulk. Oh, hey, wouldn't that be great? Anyway. That would have been great. They yeah. never would have done it. No. They would have rather made She Hulk rather than give make Hulk gay. Cowards. We, we've Cowards. all seen Ragnarok. We know what's going on. No. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yeah, okay. Um. God, let's see. Uh, so she does actually... Uh, so she stands in front of the tank and calls out to her father, and her father, like, tries to get people, like, his soldiers to take her out. Or not take her out, but, like, get her off the field, get her yeah. out of the way. Yeah. And um, she actually, like, elbows a soldier in the face when he tries to tackle her, and it's like, yes, bitch, that's yes. awesome. Yeah, fucking fantastic. That was good. The fact... Like, I like that. I like that, yeah, she could just, like, break one of their noses. It was very satisfying to me. Even if she couldn't hold her own in a fight completely, yeah. she could still do some damage. Like, to be, yeah, they're trained military men, and, like, I like that she just gets a chance. And that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. She's scrappy. She is. She's ready to fight. Um, <laughs> uh, however, after all this, like, again, that's, like, one good moment that we, like, high-five and cheer on. But as soon as they get away and as soon as they're in, like, hiding together, for lack of a better word, in the hotel rooms, it's always, like, Bruce telling her what to do. Like, she's stupid. Like, you've got a phone? Have you taken the chip out of it? Oh, yeah. and, like, smashing the phone and, like, cutting up the credit cards, etc. cetera. Um, you got to pay for everything in cash. Like, and then her role seems to be piecing him back together after he's just, like... I don't know, come back from Hulk and is, like, unable to take care of himself. <laughs> yeah, she performs all... Yeah, she performs all this caretaker role stuff, like, she chops his hair, she puts um, her jacket on him in the... In, when they're in the cave. So what happens is, um, on the field, Bruce is still the Hulk, and yeah. he gathers Betty up and he takes her away, and like Dana was saying in our Hulk episode, it's like... Uh, it's like King Kong kind of thing where he like kidnaps Betty and takes her to a different location. It's very King Kong. Like, I think you could compare some shot for shot for that like new 2000s, whatever it was, King Kong. And oh, it's just so stupid. I, I think I compare Hulk usually falls into Beauty, of the, Beauty and the Beast or King Kong or somewhere kind of between the two. And this one is very much more King Kong because, like, if it was more Beauty and the Beast, there'd be more agency on behalf of, like, the female love interest, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, this one's just gets kidnapped and thrown around a lot. And so when they're in the cave, she puts her jacket on him. She finds them somewhere to hide. She shops for him. So it's kind of this typical, in quotes, female role stuff that she does. 
for him. Uh, yeah. But um, then they're making out on the bed, <laughs> and then he has this watch which um, monitors tells, his heart rate. Yeah, monitors his heart rate, tells him when is uh, when he's about to Hulk out if his heart rate goes above I don't know like two hundred or something. Can I nitpick for a minute? Yeah. So we know in the Avengers later that he has control and he can choose when he transforms. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always angry, being the line. Mm. So. Why is it suddenly a heart rate? <laughs> like, did they change their mind on that? Did they realize if he's, like, jogging to get out of the line of fire or anything, like, even happens around him and he, like, panics? Like, he's going to hulk out? Like... Yeah, I don't think they thought about it. I think they just chose whatever they wanted to. Was the heart rate just an easy way for them to, like, make people think about that's... I don't know. Isn't it anger? Not, it, like... Anyway. Well, um, so when he when they're making out and his heart rate monitor goes off. Yeah. He has to stop because so it's like this they can't show him having sex kind of yeah. thing, even though it's a bit raunchy because they're making out. Yeah. Um but they stop before they can do anything. But there is this moment where he like pins Betty's arms to the bed and like stops her and it's just like what are you doing? Mm, yeah. What are you doing? You just kidnapped her. You put her in the hospital. Now you're making it so she physically can't move. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a... Because um, she tries to keep it moving, doesn't she? And that's a moment, I guess, for no means no. But, like, there are better ways to do that than pinning someone's arms who has been hurt by you before to the bed. And there's just no mention of that either. There's no mention no. of the fact that he put her in the hospital. No. We need better script writers. We need better people who actually know how real human people would react or interact in these circumstances. We need women writing these scripts. She does make the choice to break off contact with her father permanently by the end of the film, which is probably the healthiest choice she could have made. But he, like, makes sure she's in the friggin' helicopter at the end of the film and he keeps trying to badger her into dogging and she's like, just fuck off. Mm. Um, she sells her mother's necklace, which is the only mention we have of a mother of hers. That she so has she's this like Disney princess syndrome. Yeah, um, she sells this precious necklace to support herself and Bruce while they're on the run. Sells it for an underwhelming, cheap price in a pawn shop because that's the man currently in her life is more important than a dead mother. <laughs> and I think there's a part where he's like, "We'll get it back." how how will you get it back yeah it's like you can't work in a lab ever again you are pretty much (laughs) hunted down by every government agency at this point so it's more betty will get it back if she can ever find it or if it hasn't been sold to someone else oh it will be i know depressing Mm. yeah um there's this moment where um they're driving through the city because they buy a truck they buy a ute and a, a ute is a truck. Um, they buy a, a truck and they drive it somewhere and I can't remember where and I can't remember what happens, but they lose the truck. And then they're in the city and they're taking a taxi. Oh, it's more, I think um, they ID the truck or they suspect that they're, they're checking trucks. And so That's right. they abandon yeah. the truck and jump out on foot. Yes. And then they have to get a taxi once they get, I'm like, how do they get past the checkpoint on foot? That's more shady than... Driving through. 
They didn't like, get past it. They turned around, didn't they? No, because they had to get into the city, and the checkpoint was in oh. the city. They were, like, stopping cars and searching for Bruce. But they just kind of... Yeah, I don't know. They just glossed this, through. This movie is just bad. We've been talking for a while about it, actually. We have. Look at us go. Um, okay, we'll speed it up. So she loses her temper at the taxi driver, and that was the only moment, uh, moment that I liked her. Uh, we also liked it when she elbowed the dude in the face. Yes, that was good. So when she's angry, ironically, I like her being the angry one in the dynamic. <laughs> she doesn't hulk out, but like, it's good. It's kind of nice. Yeah, it's good. Maybe she should be She-Hulk. Maybe. Um, well, there is in the comics, she does become Red She-Hulk, but that's a whole different kettle of fish that I could get into. Um, and basically, you could talk again, about it, because I asked the question, what is her arc, and you had some notes about that. Yeah, um, okay, so in the comics, a lot of Betty's role is usually a tragic figure. Uh, she's often poisoned by gamma radiation over and over again by Hulk villains or by being in too close proximity to Hulk or by her father trying to, like, experiment and do awful shit to his daughter. Um, you know, she and Bruce end up together, but, like, because it's implied, like, radiation, that, like, they can't have kids and things like this. And there's eventually she's fridged in... I'm trying to remember in the comic line... She's fridged, but her father finds her body, and he, at this point in the comics, is Red Hulk, who is just, like, Hulk, but angrier and red. <laughs> Funny that. And Funny. then um, he ends up transforming his own daughter into Red She-Hulk. Um, and, yeah, just, it's about, the culmination of Betty's storyline is usually all the shitty choices made for Betty by not just the males on her writing team, but by the men in the comics who are in her life and how much how much pain can we cause the men in her life or how much can we make her miserable due to the men in her life mm. yeah and I think this is like at least she doesn't die but I imagine if they kept going with these movies who knows well I would have loved to see Liv Tyler absolutely jacked same and like yeah big red rage machine but like yeah I don't know I don't think they ever would have done that I think they just sort of kept using her as a thing that's dangled around and maybe ended it with a tragedy and a death, but not being brave enough to actually. And I don't know. I don't like the idea of like, okay, cool. We've killed her off, but let's have her father meddle and bring her back to life to be a Hulk who is under his control. Like, mm, <sighs> That's even worse. Yeah. And I think eventually she does like, she's, she flips out when she's revived and it's like, what the fuck? And joins up somewhere else instead. I think she's nice. on the Defenders for a while. So she does make some decisions in this film. Yes. But they pretty much only revolve around men. Yeah. Which is... Although you said that at least one of them is liberating herself from a shitty father. That's true. So it's still about the man in her life, but it is choosing to, like, make it that he can't influence or be a part of any of her decisions ever again. That's good. Yeah. So that is good. But she's still, like chooses Bruce it's like she doesn't have any say in their relationship like what you were saying before they don't have a conversation about uh where they want to go with their relationship what they want to do because Bruce just kind of like gets the fuck out and leaves to go to British Columbia and they don't have a conversation about what about their relationship no and like don't have a conversation about what happens the first time in the lab and I think that's a symptom and a byproduct of just men thinking that talking about things makes them weak or bad or like 
And it's so funny because Hulk's whole thing is that he's internalized rage. And, like, it's not hard to make the leap between internalized rage and, like, toxic masculinity. But mm. they're still not doing a good job of, like, talking about those issues in a perfect medium for it. I um, I found Bruce's character to not be, like, typically awful to women, like misogynist, machismo, like, no. awful. He's because he's a nerdy guy, yeah. Yeah, but the the overall kind of like the way that they're presenting the movie and the characters in the movie, like, and the way that they're presenting Betty, it's clear that they don't give a shit about the women in the movie. No. And Bruce is one of those characters, especially in this movie where the nerdy men who comic book movies and comic books are targeted at could be like, well, I'm not the sleazebag dude in the factory. Who's like hitting on the coworker. I'm more like Bruce. So I can still, I can be a, a nerdy guy who like, has a hot girlfriend and everything, I just don't talk to them about the things that are important. It's kind of a different kind of damaging. I'm the nice guy. Yeah, I'm the nice guy. So let's, like, if I ever do something, I'm just going to never talk about it again with my girlfriend instead of working through it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, there is just, I just cannot believe that there's just no mention of the fact that he put her in the hospital. Yeah. But of course there isn't because it's written by men. No, and exactly. And by men. Yeah. Uh, okay. There are barely any other women in this film. Mm. I think I didn't even know the name of the um, the woman working for Ross, but you've put her down as Major Kathleen Spar. Do you want to talk about her for a minute? Um, yeah. So she's part of the military. So immediately she's evil. <laughs> Cancelled. Um, <laughs> Marvel loves doing that. It's like be a white woman in corporate feminism, be in the military. Like those are the only two valid women that will show on screen. <laughs> Yes. I think that's because a lot of their money does come from the defense funding. <laughs> yeah, well, like, we'll talk about this with Captain Marvel. Yeah, but sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that with Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, so she's wiped out by Blonsky in the lab. Like, she goes into the lab where Blonsky is and yeah. where he's hulking out, and she's never heard from again. Yeah. Like, so we can assume she died. <laughs> yes, so we just don't have any idea what happened to her. Cool. At least it was off screen. <laughs> Didn't have to see a violent woman death times. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Um, so she's implicated in taking down Bruce, but not in uh, the hulking process Hulky, of uh, Blonsky Hulk out. Hulky? That's not <laughs> the word I was looking Hulk-ski. for. Hulkski! He's Hulkski! <laughs> we missed a golden opportunity. <laughs> Hulkski. Yeah, Abomina Hulkski. <laughs> It just sounds like the abominable snowman's gone skiing. Ski, 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 ski. Hulsky skiing. Yep. Okay. Uh, we don't know anything about her, and yeah. I forgot to pay attention to her while I was watching. Like I, I clocked her in like one or two scenes, and then I was like, oh, there is a woman in here. Oh, there's another woman. Holy shit! It's just oh no, like... it's the same woman. Like... <laughs> No, like, um, I think she might be a woman of colour as well, which is, like, worse, oh. the way that they've treated her. But I'm not too sure, because I didn't, I didn't know. All I um, mean of the three women in this film, two of them are women, women of colour. Mm. <laughs> but again, they're all background characters. Yes, yeah, so we'll talk about the last woman in the film, Martina. Martina! Um, again, I got her name from uh, searching the Incredible yeah. Hulk cast. 
Yeah. Or like surfing on IM. I think Bruce might say it like once when they're talking because doesn't she basically teach him Spanish? No, that's right. He does say her name. He does say yeah. her name. Yeah. So she's working at the factory as well. She's one of Bruce's colleagues. Yeah. And we don't learn anything about her except we. it's implied that she has the hots for him and she like wants to bone down with the Hulk. Yeah. And um, I think they like they talk just while they work. Yeah. But um, he, like, rescues her from a skeezy co-worker. Oh, so, yeah. like you were saying before, like, the co-worker is the bad guy and Bruce is the nice guy, in air quotes. Um, and so, automatically, Martina should definitely choose the nice guy. She should choose Bruce because, mm. you know, and then he saves her. And then it's like she's written out of the film because in the next No, scene, no, no, there is another moment. There is another moment, it's just, I just remembered. Um, when he's running from, like, everybody, uh, yeah. he climbs down from his apartment and through her window into her apartment it's downstairs. Her, her apartment. Isn't she getting changed? Um, yeah, he, yeah, that's exactly what's happening. She's getting changed. He sneaks in, she's about to scream, and he, like, gets up real close and, like, shushes her, and then, like, she's she's quiet and he hides and then he kisses her on the cheek before he leaves. Oh, gross. It's so skeezy. Gross. So he's not the nice guy. He's just skeezy. Because she must have been, like, thinking all sorts of horrible things. Like, anyway. But, yeah, what the fuck? That's terrible. <laughs> this movie sucks. Well, that's all the women, so can we stop talking about it now? Yeah, okay. Um, okay, anything uh, to do with queerness? Because we talked about that with our other Hulk episode. I think like... we talked about that more in the Hulk episode, and we'll leave it as a bit of a tasty tidbit. But um, I guess that whole idea of being persecuted for something you can't control or you can't help is a common experience. And also, like, looking for a cure. Like, I never had this experience, thankfully, but... Oh, yes, conversion therapy. Yeah, you hear all the time about... Um, a lot of young queer folk just wishing they could be normal or wishing they could be who their families and everyone want them to be or feeling like that's what will keep them safe is they if they can cure themselves of their you know homosexuality or um, transness and it's just yeah that one's a big oof yeah that's really the sad. fact that yeah Bruce can't reconcile who and what he is with his yeah like if they were trying to make it so that it's kind of an allegory for sexuality then it's it's not they're not but like if they were it would be a terrible representation yes because it's a big angry rage machine yeah it is like we know that as the mcu progresses there's more control there's more everything but and i guess like i don't know i could be digging myself into a hole here but i'm thinking about a lot of young lgtb people like do engage in a lot of risky behaviors or things that probably they look back on and reflect on and go, mm, maybe that wasn't a smart idea because they think it's what they have to do or because that's their instinct. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of those experiences where I was, like, taking drugs and, like, having casual sex, which was a form of self-harm kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I, I never saw it as something to do with my sexuality. Yeah. I was just doing it because I had a lot of problems and I didn't know how to take care of myself. A lot of self-loathing, but it wasn't to do with. Yeah. Yeah. I was never like, I always knew that I was different, 
and yeah. I'm different because I have ADHD, I have bipolar, and I'm a lesbian. And so <laughs> that those are the ways that I'm different. And Humble. I always knew I was different, but I could never, like, put my finger on why. On, and and so, which part was hurting. Yeah, and when I started identifying as, as queer, as bi, I was like, um, I didn't have any self-loathing. No. Like, because I found, I realized that I was attracted to women and I was like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah, no. Um, I've been pretty much into girls for as long as I can remember. Mm. And, like, it was just when I became a teenager and realized that, oh, that wasn't an okay thing for most of the people around me and my family. It's not that I started loathing myself. I just started being like, well, that's stupid because I felt this way my whole life and I was a happy, cheerful mm. kid while I was feeling that mm. way. So I never wanted to change. I was just, but I could just, I'm a stubborn bitch. So it could be like, I want the world to change, not me. <laughs> yeah, you should. Oh, it reminds me of um something that uh, Hannah Gadsby said in one, I think it might've been Nanette. Yeah. Where she was talking about her mother saying that like she wanted her daughter to change, but then she realized that she should have been asking the world to change for her daughter. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. So there could be an, an, an interesting allegory in there, but we'll leave it into the hands of our beautiful listeners who I'm sure will write some wonderful fanfic <laughs> about this terrible movie. No, please let it die. It's been so long. Oh, well, don't like, waste your time. Make your own Hulk dreams that you wish to come true. I should be careful <laughs> with what I'm asking my readers to write in a minute. <laughs> Ship him with Tony. That's, that's uh, a good pairing. Uh, no. Oh. Science bros. Yeah, but I think Bruce deserves better. Everyone <laughs> Everyone deserves better than Tony. I know. Yeah, okay. No, I'm not going to. Okay, we'll leave it there. Wait, is this a movie we would recommend? Ah, uh, no. 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 <laughs> not in any single way. I'm good. No, I'm, I'm done and I don't think I'm ever watching it again now. If I've watched it as homework for this. If we were to remake it today, what would we do to improve? Well, we talked about Gay Hulk. That would be great if we had Ben as a guy. Hulk. Yeah. Why not? That would be good. Let's do okay. it. Okay. That's it. We're, we're done with this episode. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. You can find us at Marvel's Pod on Twitter and Tumblr and write us a lengthy monologue at marvelspodcast at gmail.com. Please do. I would love some emails. I like. I love writing letters, like handwritten ones, so digital is the next best thing. That's awesome. And next week, what are we watching? I can feel you vibrating out. I can feel you vibrating out of your chair. I will chill myself. Uh, I will calm myself. No! Okay. We're watching Captain America. The The first Avenger. (laughs) I think it's going to be excellent. And I'm glad you're finally going to talk about Captain America with me. Oh, I'm going to have a panic attack. (laughs) It's all right. You can cry all you want. I've got digital tissues for you. Thank you. I've got, I'm wearing a nice dressing gown that I can just wipe my (laughs) snot onto. No, but until then, guys, um, just make sure you stay marvelous.